0: God again is talking about all the nations will be blessed and you will spread to every nation, every corner of the entire earth. Um, my promises will go to. Um, and I brought here my notes. Here we see that the Lord is, and we talked about Gen Z a lot in in the time I was there. People, My um, field supervisor was always like, oh, I have to tailor this to how Gen Z would like it. But um, I said, God is very into this idea, you know, it's very important to him that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Um, So now in Joshua 2, um, 8 through 10, um, this is when Rahab is hiding the spies in Jericho. Um, It says, And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites, that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. For as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. So the nations were watching Israel, and they had seen what God could do, and it was amazing. I mean, they didn't have internet, they didn't have Facebook or anything. They had heard all these things, and still the the news of what the Lord was doing was spreading throughout the whole region of Canaan. And so this was God's plan, that through Israel, God's power would be shown to all the nations. And um, But then we see... Throughout the rest of the Old Testament, a lot of times that doesn't really happen, right? Israel turns their back on God, and God isn't really able to be shown as much to the people of the surrounding countries. Um, so now we can turn to the New Testament. Let's go to Luke twenty-four forty-four. This is after Jesus raises from the dead, and he appears again to his disciples, and he's just about ready to ascend back into heaven. Luke twenty four forty four says, "And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me." Then he opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So even though the disciples had spent all this time with Jesus, they still didn't understand fully all the scriptures and all the prophets and all the Psalms, all the things that pointed to Jesus. They didn't understand it yet. But Jesus explains it to them. And he tells them of his plan throughout the whole Bible of reaching all the nations and being a blessing to every nation on the entire earth. Um, so then Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen also says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to, even unto the end of the world. Um, so in my experience, and this comes mainly from movies, because who, who usually has their last words that they're able to say? But someone's last words are usually something that is really, really important to them, right? It's something that's so integral to who they are that they want to spend their last couple seconds on earth saying that. And so... I think it's interesting how Jesus' last couple of minutes and time on earth, before he sends back into heaven, he says, go to all nations and tell them about me. I think that's really indicative of Jesus' plan and God's plan. Um, one thing I learned this summer is that those words of Jesus to go forth to all nations and teach them about himself, they're really not optional. They're a command. And um, so it's like, and I think for this I'm saying this to myself, but like can we stop pretending that the Great Commission is the great suggestion? Because it's not. <laughs> um it's Jesus telling us to go and um and to do what he wants us to do and reach all nations. And so um as Jesus is our Lord, we do what he commands us to do, right? And so um the thing is too, we already know how it's gonna end. In Revelation seven nine, it says After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. So we know that that's going to happen. We know what the future holds. So, like Joshua did, we can go in and take the land. Um, We can combat the giants of all these other false religions and we can take the land for Jesus. Um, So my next point is going to be about God's world. And this is the slide I have. This is the 1040 window. And I'm sure most of you have heard about this. Um, But I don't know if you know that 4 billion people currently live in just this portion of the world and in these countries. And um, that's really half of the world population today. Um, And so 80% of the world's poorest people live here and 95% of the world's unreached people groups are in this window. Um, And an unreached people group is defined as less than 2% evangelical believers. Um, So like I said, the giants of false religions, there's five major religions that are in these countries. Um, The first is tribal religions um these believe in evil spirits and um demon sacrifices and they they live in constant fear that they're going to do something wrong or anger an evil spirit and so their entire life is just just total fear um the next one is hindus and this is very very common in india um like over a over a billion hindus i think or, or a couple million or something i'm not totally sure but um they uh they have many, many gods, millions of gods, and none of them are good like our god, um, so they're also living in constant fear that they're going to anger one of these gods or not do something right and, um, and yeah, get bad karma. And, so, um, and then the next one is unreligious, and this is really um, atheist agnostics, mainly a lot of them in China, um, just from the effect of communism and um, trying to shut God out of everything. Um, the next one is Muslims, all through the Middle East and North Africa. Um, you know, they have the five major tenets of Islam. The, no, they, they recite the creed, they go to Mecca, they say the five prayers a day, they, um, they give alms, and they fast. And there, many of them are very devout, but they're lost because that's not the truth. And we know the truth. Um, and then, And then Buddhists. Who believe in reaching nirvana through the lessening and suppressing of their own desires? Um, you can flip to the next slide now. Is that it? Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, I had a picture of, I had a, um, a picture and a video actually of me going to a Buddhist temple, and there's there's three giant gold idols, and um, and they're taking from our, from our Christianity, right? They have, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they have three different Buddhas that they're bowing down to, and it's just super sad seeing that. Um. So, in Southeast and East Asia alone, forty-six thousand people die every day without Christ. Um, hell's going to be pretty crowded, isn't it? Um. So. You may be thinking at this point, this task is very overwhelming, and what are we going to do with all these people that need to hear? Um, So I was saying that this talk is titled The World Christian, How to Be a World Christian. Um, So there's five habits that world Christians can do and um, what we will do. Um, The first one is going, going to an unreached people group or um, to another place in the world and spending one's life there with the people. Um, but this, I know, is not practical for many people. And so I would say though in Acts 1.8, the Lord says, um, you'll, be, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and um, all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it's not an or type scenario. It's all three of those or all four of those. We can be spreading the word of God to unreached people right here in Upper Derby. Um, But then I would also encourage you to even just go on a short-term missions trip, and you will see, you'll catch the vision that the Lord has for the world and um, reaching the nations. Um, So the next habit is praying. Praying for current missionaries on the field, praying for these unreached people groups that they would be open, um, and praying that the Lord would raise up labors for the harvest. In Matthew 9, 35, it says, Jesus went about in all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore before the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. I think it's interesting how the Lord... Um, in his time on earth, he did some pretty cr- incredible things. You know, he walked on water, he stopped storms, he healed sick people, he he cast out demons. I think it's funny how the disciples, the only thing they asked him was how to pray. Um, I would have asked how to walk on water. Um, that would have been pretty cool. Um, but they asked him how to pray because they saw that when the Lord prayed, things happened, right? That those That's when demons get cast out. That's when people were healed of diseases. That's when the blind people could start seeing. Um, so praying praying moves mountains, as the Lord said. Um, so the next one, the next habit is welcoming. Um, this is reaching out to international students and to visitors. And um, we can show them the love of Christ right here. And who knows, maybe they'll get saved and then they'll go back and be able to share with their family. We're reaching unreached people groups right here at home. And we can do it Some very closed countries, we can't always get into those countries as easily, right, and spread the gospel. But they come here, and we have complete freedom to to share our beliefs with them and talk with them and have great conversations with them. Um, And I understand. It can be difficult. I know some of us, myself included, it's hard to be incredibly, incredibly friendly. Um, Some of you, it's not very hard. But for me, it's hard uh, sometimes. And so, you know, the Lord never said that the Christian life was going to be comfortable. He, he said that we're going to have to take our cross and bear it with him. And he even said that those who don't do that can't even be his disciple. Um, and so back to the welcoming. It says in Leviticus 19.34, it says, the, But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God welcoming. The next one is sending. Sending involves giving money, um, communication with missionaries on the field, and being able to ask them for their prayer requests and how um, to best serve them and help them. And so there's many different roles that a sender can play. They're, they're the ones who, quote, hold the ropes um, for the missionaries on the field. And um, that may even mean welcoming and hosting a missionary when they come off the field for a time. Um, I want to commend you all. You've all been senders in um, sending other missionaries and myself this summer um, to other countries and be able to share the gospel there. So thank you. Thank you for letting the Lord use you in that. And, um, but at the same time, and I'm looking at myself here also, I'm wondering if we can do just a little bit more, if we can save a little bit more money, if we can maybe not buy that extra thing that maybe we don't need and instead invest that in the kingdom of God and seeing the, the lost reached and um, Jesus' glory among the nations. Um, in Romans 10, uh, 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach and they be sent? Um, and so the last habit of a world Christian is mobilizing. A mobilizer is pretty much just a recruiter. They look for people to go and be missionaries and they pray for those people to go and then they might even help train and prepare them for the field in various ways. Um, These are people who have have clear direction from the Lord that they're supposed to stay here and um, help uh, further the gospel to other nations right here in the U.S. Um, So Revelation 7-9, again, it says that there's going to be representatives from every tribe, every nation, and every people group. Um, so like we already know it's going to happen. It's it's written in the Bible. The Lord has shown us that his word is true, and we can believe it. So um, the Lord's inviting us to be a part of this amazing plan for the world and this amazing ending to history as we know it. Um, and the only question is whether we're going to obey and what kind of part we're going to play in that. Um, so to wrap up, I... Um, I just want to share one last thing with you. Uh, This summer has just been life-changing for me. Um, I've learned so many new things, and the Lord has totally grown me in so many different ways. Um, So to share everything I learned with you would take a long time, and I don't even have, I have like a list of all the things the Lord's shown me, so um, I would have to get that. But um, one thought that's been in my head um, ever since the beginning of June was that, I guess, more the beginning of July. But um, what if... What if my life and that of a person in some other unreached people group had been switched? What if my life and a person in Thailand had been switched, where it's over 90% Buddhist? Um, Maybe I hear the gospel a couple times in my life. Maybe, I mean, I'd probably reject it because I didn't accept the gospel the first time I heard it. It took a while. Um, And then I'd go on my life, I'd hoping to achieve nirvana and become a more powerful person when I'm reincarnated. But there's not going to be any reincarnation. Um and then how about a person in Tunisia a muslim person in Tunisia where it's over 98% muslim um i would maybe i'd be really devout i'd i'd fast i'd make a couple of pilgrimage to mecca i'd give alms i'd recite the creed every day i'd pray my five prayers a day i'd wake up super early and stay up super late in order to do that maybe i you know i I'd, I'd hope that my good would outweigh my bad and that i'd be able to go to their heaven except it won't be enough and maybe I would even know that but I never heard of anything else um or maybe someone in a village in China where um a member of a dying people group that has only about 500 people left and the one missionary who who knows the language a little bit gets kicked out what happens then what happens to me then I didn't really have any right to hear the gospel, right? But I heard it. And now I have eternity spent in paradise with the amazing God of the universe. And we all do. But for most in the world, they can't say the same. Many barely recognize the name Jesus. And so we're wasting our lives on things that are unimportant, meaningless, and not worthwhile. And instead, people are dying all around us. It makes me really angry. It makes me really sad. Um, and it makes me want to do something about it. So some people may say that to go to, as a missionary, especially, I mean, unbelievers will definitely say this. Oh, you're wasting your life. What are you doing? Um, But I like to offer a counter to that. Every time we spend wasting on ourselves, what we want to do, that's wasting our lives. When we do the things, even worthwhile things, um, things that seem good, the clock's ticking on our time on earth. Um, So, I think it's the opposite. Those who do that are wasting their lives. Um, So when you die, how much of what you do will remain after you and how much will be um, for eternity? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you um, for us to be all able to be here and um, to have fellowship with each other. I thank you for all of our salvation that you died on the cross to save us from our sins and thank you that we know um, the truth. I pray for those Lord who don't know the truth and um, who need to hear of what you've done for them. I pray for us that we would not just be standing on the sidelines in this great game Lord that you're playing in this great task that you have set for us. I pray that we'll be active in doing what you have told us to do And what you've commanded, Lord, um, I pray for us that we'd have obedience to step out and do it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.